Sorry for Saying Sorry Media presents the PER Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary professional healthcare team. If you are dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, the famous cat vet and author of multiple textbooks, and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, and this is Dr. Susan Little. And we are super excited to be here because this is the first time ever that we do a podcast together. It is. I don't know what took us so long. I know. It is crazy. But uh, we're here in, as a perfect Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Why are we in Rio? Because we did a couple of lectures together. We did a tour in Brazil talking about many feline topics. And while we were talking, we got so many good ideas. And one of the ideas was, why don't we start a feline podcast yeah a feline podcast that's focused on medicine and surgery but you know i want there to be more medicine than surgery of course of course and i want to be there you know we're only going to talk about surgery all the time (laughs) because the cool thing is i'm a surgeon and susan is a specialist in feline medicine so this is so cool and i can't believe that anybody got that idea already before us Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're going to be great. We are going to be great. So, and uh, and what is the name of our new podcast? Like? Oh, oh, it's so so. I'm really excited about the name of our podcast because it's the Per Podcast. Yes, Per Podcast. No, so, no, you have to say Per Podcast. Per Per <laughs> Podcast. So yeah, so uh, we thought of a lot of names, and some of the names were gone already because there were other podcasts. Uh, and I found out that a lot of cat podcasts are about. Uh, sports teams yeah sports teams must have um, like cat names or tiger names probably that's why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's really cool so um, so this podcast is all about cats and all about feline medicine and surgery and we have lots of cool ideas uh, we're thinking of doing this podcast every two weeks we're not completely sure yet because both <laughs> Susan and I are crazy busy <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, we had such a good time here and there are so many questions uh, that came up and the interesting thing is a lot of the questions are the same. Yeah, so we saw especially talking about um, uh, the same topics really, we had kind of the same topics through this lecture tour yeah. and it was really interesting to me that in, in each city or in each place there was a few different questions but there was also, a, we could see a theme that there are clearly um, similar questions, especially when we were talking about bladder stones, for example. I know, crazy. We theme. got the same questions. Same questions all yeah. over. Yeah. And and I think uh, that that just means that a lot of vets have the same questions mm-hmm. and and they don't always get answered. So, mm. um, and I think the, be- the, the good thing about podcasts is that you can listen to it at your own time. Uh, and you can also repeat it. You can stop and then and then play it again if you didn't understand exactly what was said. Um, and hopefully you can recommend it to your friends. I see. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, and you have to like us uh, in uh, when you find this podcast. Give us uh, a, a great review, and then more people can listen to the podcast. And we will promote the podcast also through our social media uh, site. So Susan, can you tell the what is your social media? So I'm really easy to find on pretty much all social media. Just uh, look for Cat Vet Susan. And on all social, well, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you'll find me if you look for Cat Vet Susan. Yeah, my name is Yola NL. Uh, so most of the platforms uh, you can find me, but probably better is going to uh, Global Veneer Surgery, that is G 
VET Surgery SX. So uh, uh, because that's where I do most of my surgery social media, and it's a really cool Facebook site. And we soon have an Instagram uh, place too, where we share a lot of pictures of surgery cases. And uh, so, I, like I said, I'm so excited that we're going to talk about cats because I also think that uh, cats are, you know, everybody always talks about the D word. Mm. and and not enough about the cat word so we are not allowed to say the d word but what we will do however in this podcast is we will compare because Mm. a lot of people say you know cats are just little small dogs and we are obviously debunking that myth Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, so we'll do some compare and contrast exactly and i think that's important because you know sometimes you'll hear uh, a lecture or a topic and whatever the topic is the speaker will say i'm going to talk about both dogs and cats and you know what it really means it really means they talk mostly about dogs yeah 90 percent dogs and just a little bit oh i forgot to talk about cats and the time is over and i'm sorry but uh, next time i'll talk about it and we're not going to do that because we're going to talk 90 percent about cats yeah 95 even Mm. and then maybe a little d indeed Indeed, only compare and contrast and then we you know we normally have a lot of fun so we put some humor in it too because we always have to laugh about uh, things so <laughs> so this will be really good so as a matter of fact so the the first one uh, oh and i forgot to say the other thing that we're going to do is uh, look at news um, mm. and then discuss the news from a surgical and a medical perspective uh, obviously focused on cats, cats. And, yeah. and and so uh, maybe we can give an example uh, mm. during the talk because before we start about uh, urinary stones um, there was some news about uh, about a drug that is used very commonly yeah so um, I, I think one of the really important things that we can do is help busy veterinarians and even veterinary nurses uh, access what's new in the veterinary literature because you know, there's a lot of barriers mm-hmm. for for us to access new research that's published. You don't have time. Maybe you don't have a subscription. You know, it costs mm-hmm. too much, right? It's hard to access these things. And uh, and a great example is uh, an article that was published in uh, Clinician's Brief. And uh, I love Clinician's Brief. We personally. love it. Yeah, because it's very clinical and very uh, direct. Accessible. So Yeah, so the team of Clinician's Brief... Uh, Big applause because Mm. uh, I love their article. So they just came out. Yeah, clinician'sbrief.com. And they just, and they often publish little summaries Mm. of recent research articles. And so uh, just uh, yesterday we saw a summary that they published on the use of prazosin Mm -hmm. uh, in treating feline urethral obstruction. So they published a summary of of a research project that really started to call into doubt how effective that drug really is. There's still some unanswered questions, but it's starting to make us wonder, you yeah. know, really, should yeah. we be using these these drugs? So it's it, it doesn't do a lot of harm. Mm. That was kind of the conclusion, but it might also not really work that well. And there is, you know, it's it's good to, to know that because if you use these drugs and you expect a, a really good result, it might not happen, so. Yeah, and it might be a, an owner who can only afford certain things, mm-hmm. right? And so you might say, okay, I'm going to uh, prioritize asking the owner to pay for treatments where I have evidence mm-hmm. and I won't ask them to pay where there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a cat that's difficult to give oral medication to that's and you have to make a choice, that's right? So, mm-hmm. you know, in that case, I would prioritize a pain medication mm-hmm. for these for blocked cats 
right? And yeah. then I, and I might say, okay, we won't try to give you oral medication if it's prazosin that wasn't being considered. And that is such a fantastic uh, kind of bridge to what we're going to mm-hmm. talk about because when you talk about urinary stones in cats, uh, it's the same thing most of the time that often owners don't have... I mean, when you want to do every diagnostics, that would be great, but owners often don't have enough money to pay for everything. So mm. then you have to select the things that you want to do. So because we're talking cats, we're talking cat stones now. So yeah. urinary calculi in cats. And this is one of the topics that we talked about during our tour in Brazil. Um, we spoke to more than 1,500 vets, oh, I think. Oh, yes. So, uh, and they were all really enthusiastic about the topic. So, And I think this is also a topic that is super, super clear. And why did we talk about that? Because we looked at a list of common cat diseases, and we found out that urinary disease is probably on the top of the list. So uh, in contrast to dogs, because in dogs, it's often dermatological diseases that are number one. Uh, but by cats, urinary diseases are very, very common. So, uh, and this is the reason why we thought, oh, this is a really cool idea. Um, and uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about clinical science, diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to try to give you a simplified approach to diagnostics for cats with lower urinary tract signs. And that's because no matter what the cause of the lower urinary tract signs, cats all present with the same group of clinical signs. Right, so they may have polacuria, they may have dysuria, they may have hematuria, they may have periuria, which is a word I love mm. because Sounds it means. Good. Do you know what it means? Uh, being outside of the box. It does. <laughs> Very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> it means urinating outside of the litter box, but I'm, it just sounds more, more scientific than saying peeing on the floor. Yeah, I'm kind of an outside of the box guy, so that's <laughs> why I knew. You know? That's how you knew. <laughs> right. So when we see cats with these clinical signs, you know, we don't really know what, what they have. We know that there are a bunch of causes for lower urinary tract disease. But we know that there are two in particular that are the biggest causes. Mm -hmm. So about two thirds of cats with lower urinary tract signs in most countries in the world have Idiopathic cystitis. Very good, idiopathic cystitis. Mm-hmm. I have to think of it a little bit because I didn't know where she was going exactly. And that happens often between us because I'm like, you know, we always try to ask each other the more difficult questions to kind of put people uh, on the spot. On the spot. And uh, I, I passed this one, but phew. I'm just checking I'm that you're listening. Really warm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, checking that you're listening. And then the number two reason in most countries would be uh, bladder stones. And we're talking young cats, huh? So. Well, you know, even overall. Really? We're going to divide it by mm-hmm. young versus old. Okay. But okay. if you look even at all ages together, yeah. still, idiopathic cystitis mm-hmm. is probably number one. Yes. Bladder stones are probably number two. Number two. And then we have a bunch of other things like small number of cats with neoplasia or urinary tract infection. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about that. Yeah, and it, right. it's interesting. We're not going to talk at idiopathic cystitis uh, this time. Not but this I time. definitely think we need to do a podcast about it. Although there's not all the surgical things that you can do about it. So mm-hmm. it's not that interesting for me. But, you know, we still... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm but kidding. it's important. But you know what I think is so... Uh, uh, why we want to do this talk is uh, bladder stones. You know, vets always want to do surgery on them. And, yeah. and it, it's, it's, it's amazing, and we'll show some data from the Minnesota Urologist Center, but uh, it's amazing to me that still so many 
uh, stones that are submitted could be treated with other ways. And that's really the reason why we won't do this talk. Yeah, that's the heart of our talk. We want to help you provide a more humane, a less expensive, and a less invasive way to treat at least half of the cats with bladder stones that you see in most countries, this will treat half of cats. Yep, yep. That, that's really good. So so our podcasts normally are about uh, 20 minutes. So we will, we're now at 11 minute uh, half already. So let's talk a little bit about the division between mm. older and younger cats, because there is a difference between the two. Yeah, so this is the way I like to think about it. I first start when that cat comes in the door with lower urinary tract signs, whether it's dysuria or hematuria. Uh, and, and we're mainly talking about um, non-obstructed cats because we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to treat them a little differently. Right. That's more Correct. of an emergency. Yes. So we're more talking about the cats that are non-obstructed. The first thing I think of is how old is the cat? If it's a younger cat. And how do you find younger? Probably anything under about the age of 10. OK, let's so let's say, say eight 10. To 10, eight, 10, you know, okay. somewhere there. If it's younger than that, yes. then we know idiopathic cystitis and bladder stones are really your top two diagnoses. OK right that makes it simple and it does make it simple and so your diagnostic approach therefore is very simple Mm -hmm. because idiopathic cystitis is a a disease where we uh, of exclusion diagnosis of exclusion right and so our goal is going to be actually if you think about it to say does this cat have a bladder stone Mm -hmm. yes or no because if it doesn't, it probably has idiopathic cystitis. Yeah, and idiopathic really means that we don't know what it causes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have a lot still... of theories there. And like I said, we need to do a podcast all on this topic because it is super interesting. Mm. Um, but And then once again, most of the cats will have this disease mm-hmm. in contrast to bladderstone. But you have to exclude that it is a bladderstone. Exactly. And how do you do that? So uh, ideally, for most patients, we would do a urinalysis. Mm-hmm. And we would do uh, at least survey radiographs. So the good news is that in cats in most countries, the most common bladder stones uh, will appear on a radiograph. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're really small, but mm-hmm. mostly they'll appear on a radiograph. Yeah. So even a survey, a plain radiograph, is a is a pretty good diagnostic tool. Now, so in that young cat, let's say he's four years old. Yeah and he has uh, clinical signs of lower urinary tract disease. And the, and I say to the owner, I would like a urinalysis and I'd like uh, x-rays. And the owner says, wait a minute, I only have so much money. Exactly. Which are you going to do? You can I, only do one. I don't have enough money for two tests. I want to do one test. Which one I would do? What would you do? I probably would skip the urinalysis. I would just do a radiograph. You know, I'm with you on that. And I think a conventional wisdom would make most vets say, oh my gosh, we can't skip the urinalysis. No. It's urinary disease. Let's not skip exactly. the urinalysis. Exactly. But if you think about it logically, what we're doing, really what you're doing is saying, does this cat have bladder stones? Yes or no? Hmm. And a urinalysis won't answer that question. No, that's true. Right. And, and and the interesting thing is, but we'll talk about it a little bit later, a urinalysis even can throw you off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the results yep. are not always as clear. So what would we do with an older cat? So 10 years plus. So exactly. If the cat is older, sure, it still could have bladder stones. It's not so likely to have idiopathic cystitis especially as a new diagnosis. Yeah. You know, if it already had it when it was younger and it's just having repeated mm-hmm. bouts, that's different. Yeah. But if it never had it before, it's not going to appear in its cat senior years. So when they're older, still could be bladder stones, but now we think of 
neoplasia. Mm -hmm. Now we think of urinary tract infection, and that's usually associated with an underlying disease like diabetes or chronic mm -hmm. kidney disease. And the interesting thing is that now suddenly a urinary tract infection comes up. We haven't talked that, about it at all, but I do know that a lot of veterinarians give antibiotics with cats that have urinary tract signs. So really what you're saying is that if a cat is younger than 10, we probably should not even think of antibiotics in these cases. Yeah, you know, even of cats of all ages, young and old, the prevalence of urinary tract infection is 2% or less. Mm. So the cats that do get urinary tract infection are typically the older cats with a predisposing condition. So in that older cat, I do want to do a urinalysis, right? Because I'm looking for other diseases. And a culture insensitivity. And a culture insensitivity, which I wouldn't bother with in a younger cat. I do want to uh, do radiographs because mm -hmm. we still have to answer, do you have a bladder stone? But I also would like to do a minimum database, complete blood count, serum chemistries, total T4, mm. because this is an age group mm. that has other diseases that would contribute. And that makes a lot of sense. So right. a full workup for cats that are older, because we want to exclude all the other diseases that, that can happen. Um, so we discussed, and there isn't one exception in young cats. We'll talk about that. Mm. So, uh, but, uh, so there's an exception in young cats uh, concerning infection, but we're going to come back to that. But first about, we talked about urine analysis to be not always telling us the truth. You do have to be careful. So if you do have a urinalysis on these patients, there's two ways you can be misled. One is the presence or absence of urinary crystals. Mm -hmm. So for example, a cat can have a bladder stone and have no crystals at all, have a completely normal urinalysis. Or a cat can have a bladder stone of one kind and crystals of another kind. So you can't predict the composition of a bladder stone based on crystals on a urinalysis. And I think a cat can have crystals without a bladder stone. And absolutely. So there's three ways yeah. with crystals you can be misled. And the other way is with urine pH. So we know that uh, urine pH affects what type of stone could form, but that stone started forming maybe weeks ago. Really? So the urine pH today mm -hmm. may not have represented the urine pH weeks or months ago. So we have to be very cautious. But if you read the books, it's always about urine pH. Yeah, it's about urine pH, but it's about urine pH and it's on a, it's on a timeline, right? We have to remember mm. this is not a static point in time. Yeah. So it's a dynamic thing and urine pH can change over time. So we just have to be careful, but we're going to tell you easier ways to predict the stone type anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so we're, we will talk about radiographs. We're also going to talk about the Minnesota Urolith Center. And uh, this is, you know, I love to talk to about them because it's an amazing center that uh, is under the leadership of Professor Jody Lulich in Minnesota uh, at the University of Minnesota. And uh, they analyze about 100,000 stones a year. Amazing. I know it's over 1.1 million stones analyzed right now but the cool thing is they also have an app and the app has two functions one if you send in stones to minnesota then you can see what happens with the, the analysis and you can see the results but it also has that calculator and that comes from calculus and calculator cool name. I, yeah i love it and <laughs> so on the calculator you can kind of estimate what kind of stone your cat or your d has <laughs> um, by putting in the breed, the age, and the sex of the animal. That's the only thing you have to put in. And then 
it, the app goes back to the Minnesota Urologist Center, looks through all those thousands and thousands of cases, and then comes back with an estimation about what the highest chance of your stone is. And we did it with a cat that you have. Yeah, so um, it's really cool. Actually, I, I'd encourage you to go and download the app. The app is free, and you can get it either in uh, the, uh, the Apple Store for Apple apps, for iPhone apps, or in the Android Store, the Google Play Store. Um, so it's free to use. And I'd encourage you to, to try it yourself, you know, like pick your own cat right? And enter your cat's um, a breed. It could just be domestic short hair. That's mm -hmm. fine. And the age and the sex. And then it will tell you for that exact configuration, uh, what are the, the, the most likely stones that that type of uh, cat patient is going to have. It's really cool. Yeah. And uh, we asked uh, the team to send us because we went to Brazil. So mm. we wanted to know all the stones in Brazil. And, uh, and then uh, they gave us the results of the Brazilian stones. And we saw that about 30% is calcium oxalate, 30% is uh, struvite. But there was something really interesting here in Brazil and in Latin America in general, which is what, Susan? So if, for reasons that we really don't understand, in this part of the world, and we mean Latin America, they have the highest incidence of purine mm. stones. So that means cysteine and urate. Cysteine and urates are purine stones. They have the highest incidence, and it's like around 20, 21%. And we really don't see that anywhere else in the world. Yeah, yeah. and that's super interesting. And uh, in, ge in general, in the world, what we see is that most of the stones are either calcium oxalates or struvites. And it is around 50-50. Yeah? It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a mind-boggling number. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think we will talk about that, that still so many stones are struvites that are sent in. So this is one of the reasons that we do this podcast, because we really have a vision that we want to stop sending in struvites or taking out struvites and treat them the right way. But before we do that, um, and before we end this part of the podcast, can you give us a difference between the dog versus cat? So yeah. just in general, um, and we'll finalize with that. And then next week or in two weeks, we'll start talking about, uh, you know, the various uh, stones that we see very often in cats. And we'll keep on going with, uh, with how we diagnose it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's end with just a little um, dog versus cat um, difference. And we'll talk mainly about struvite and calcium oxalate because they are the number one and two stones in dogs and cats everywhere in the world. So if we look at struvite, a really key difference between the dog and the cat is that in the dog, about three quarters of all struvite stones are associated with infection. Mm. And in cats, it's virtually zero with one exception, which I'll mention in a minute, but it's virtually zero. That's a huge difference. It's also a huge difference in therapy and diagnostics and whatever. I mean, it, it's, it, it's very, very good to know. Yeah, so it's one of the things that is going to remind us that often we need antibiotics during therapy for dogs with struvite stones, but it's really rare that you're gonna need antibiotics as therapy um, for the cat. So the other difference is in calcium oxalate stones. And in the dog, Calcium oxalate stones are usually in the upper urinary tract. In the cat, we can find them in the upper or the lower urinary tract. But mm -hmm. if you see a urolith in the kidneys or the ureters of a cat, it is always calcium oxalate. Really? Always. So there are some really black and white um, distinctions that we see, but they're good 
because these are things that um, help you pretty quickly um, start to understand what type of stone your patient might have and also what type of treatment. So I just want to mention that one exception before we, we finish our podcast uh, for, for today. So we said that overall, probably the, the number of uh, cats with infection along with your lower urinary tract signs is around 2%. So here's the exception. If you ever see a little kitten, mm-hmm. so 8, 10, 12 weeks of age, young kitten, and it has a bladder stone, it's usually quite large yeah. or there are multiple large ones um, and they're almost always struvite okay. and they're almost always infection associated. Really? So, so kittens are, they kind of act a little bit like dogs when it comes to getting uh, bladder stones. But as they get older, even older kittens, if they, th- this doesn't happen. So this is really a young kitten phenomenon. But I remember in dogs, you have also something like a puppy vaginitis, mm. cystitis complex. Mm. And they always said that that has to do with the immune system not being fully mm. in charge. And dogs need to go through at least one heat to get mm. over it. Um, so mm. that might be the same thing. As yeah, I, I don't know that, that we know because um, we see that phenomenon in both male and female cats. Okay. So uh, I, I think it's a good question, you know, which comes first? Do they have the infection first and, sure. and form the stone and why do they have infection? We don't know. But that's the one exception. Mm. Young kittens, bladder stones, usually struvite, usually infection associated. Wonderful. I think this has been a great uh, discussion and uh, I hope you like our first podcast. Um, Like I said, we'll be back in about two weeks with uh, the follow-up of this one. Uh, We're going to talk about the various different stones in cats that we see very often, what diagnostic tests you can do, and maybe we can talk a little surgery here too because we haven't touched (laughs) the surgery part yet. You have talked so much that you know, I cannot talk about any nice suture materials, uh, no. uh, surgery instruments, no, uh, that's my how goal. to approach the bladder. Keep my patients away from the surgeon. I know, but you know, we'll talk about it. I promise you, uh, we'll definitely will highlight some of uh, surgical tips, etc. Uh, and I really appreciate you being in the podcast. Thank oh. you, Susan, for being with us. So much fun. And uh, thank you, uh, Brazil, for hosting us uh, during uh, our tour. And uh, and so we'll see you uh, in two weeks. Yep, we'll be back. All right, see you all later. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat Clinical Medicine and Management and August Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. You can follow her on social media with the handle at CatVetSusan. Dr. Yola Kirpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently for Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX.